Good morning. Hopefully most of you will have read our latest update where we've outlined several things we're hoping to do to help us all stay connected and in touch, including a live stream abbreviated service starting next week. But until then, I wanted to offer these reflections on our new situation brought on by this pandemic. So everything's been closed and cancelled. WeWork closed one of their locations on Tuesday. I think that was the first thing in the city I knew of, and it just escalated from there. Uh, the Metropolitan Museum was the first large-scale closure that I heard about on Thursday. Then Google and other big tech firms shut their offices. Broadway turned out their lights, followed by the Lincoln Center. This morning, the public libraries closed their doors. Starbucks is considering closing, and we have cancelled our services for the month of March. Lights out, closed doors, gone dark cancelled, shut, suspended. In just a matter of days, these words have spiked in usage and have come to describe one aspect of our new reality. And what is this new reality? Well, it's hard to say, because it keeps changing and no one really knows where it's all heading. Just glance at the expert opinions and you'll find a variety of points of view. I'm sure you've all got your go-to websites for coronavirus info by now. I've been using Worldometer, where in addition to all the stats, someone has also gathered up quotes from various authorities on the pandemic. On the one hand, Professor Mark Lipsitch, Professor of Epidemiology and Head of Harvard School of Public Health, says, I think this virus is probably with us beyond this season, beyond this year, and will eventually gain a foothold. We'll have to start thinking of it like the flu, only we don't know much about it. But Professor Nanshan Song, a leading epidemiologist and the first to describe the SARS virus some years ago, says more hopefully, I hope this outbreak may be over in something like April. We think, we hope, but something they all agree on in this rapidly evolving situation is that we just don't know. And with the unknown comes uncertainty comes unpredictability, and with that comes a new awareness of the forces of chaos. In other words, our new reality is not a new reality, but an old one, which the ancients were always more acutely aware of. The ancients relied on their gods to fight back the forces of chaos and evil, and we moderns fight back with science and technology, which is more effective by far. So effective, in fact, that we have been able to push out these forces of chaos and evil just beyond the periphery of our vision, and along with them, the awareness of our own fragility, the fragility of our society, and the fragility of our own lives. But it isn't just the ancients, but the poor of our day, the poor in our world, who have neither the wealth or resources of the Western modernity who experience the reality of chaos and instability threatening to undo us all. Disease and death and empty shelves is what happens to other people in other countries, not to us. But if we are, as they say, people of the book, then we shouldn't be taken entirely by surprise. If we read scripture carefully, we're brought face to face with the reality of chaos and absurdity over and over again, perhaps most obviously in Ecclesiastes, which begins with these words, absurd, absurd, everything is utterly absurd. I'm not here advocating for an entirely pessimistic or absurdist view of the world. 
or even an anti-science or anti-tech point of view, even if I am a technophobe and believe the robots are coming to get us. But what moments like this do, moments like the one we're living through right now, is they help us connect with these passages at a deeper level, at the level of our own experience. And in turn, what these passages do for us is they connect us better with our own experiences of chaos and absurdity by offering us perspective, placing our experience in and framing it with the larger narrative of scripture, a narrative which tells us that God is not far off and distant character who has forsaken this world, but he's a God who has stepped down into our chaos and evil, that God is with us, that God is for us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so it is our vocation, our calling, our responsibility as the Church of Jesus Christ to remind people, both in times of calm and chaos, as Paul does in the city of Athens, to remind people that God is not far off, that God is near us, that God is for us, and that in him we live and move and have our being. The Church has done this throughout history staying through the plagues, setting up hospitals, fighting slavery, protecting orphans, feeding the poor. Historically, it's in such times that the church has shown the love of Christ most clearly. And so even as places go dark, close their doors, shut shop and cancel services, we remember that community isn't cancelled. Our relationships don't stop. Love is not suspended. We continue to care about each other, pursue each other and love each other as Christ loves us. Julia and I have experienced this personally in the last few days. Uh, as you may have read in our update, we had just arrived in France visiting Julia's sister, totally jet-lagged and so wide awake at three in the morning, in time to watch Trump's address. Perhaps it was a jet-lag, but it felt like we were in a panel in a dystopian graphic novel as a president read the teleprompter in, stil in a stilting manner, all travel to and from Europe will be banned for the next 30 days. With few details, the generality of the statement seemed to add pandemonium to the pandemic as people rush to get their tickets changed. It's easy when you're on the other side of the world or the Atlantic to very quickly feel distant and cut off. But even before we had time to feel distant and cut off, before we had time to panic, several friends had started texting and email concerned for our well-being and offering to help, and some sending incredibly generous financial gifts to make sure we had options to recoup the losses of the, the week's trip, which had turned into one day. It was so meaningful to have this contact and care and concern, even separated by the Atlantic, at a distance. So, as we all experience social distancing, Let's make sure we also experience the presence of God in our lives through our expressions of love for each other. Uh, as we mentioned in our update, we're working on a plan to open a Google Hangout for prayer gatherings one or two evenings a week. Uh, please reach out to friends via text, email and phone calls. If you know someone in our community who's struggling, help us be the body of Christ for them. Uh, one practical way to serve each other would be to send food and groceries to those we know are sick. Uh, we have a number of public health professionals in or connected to our congregation and we plan on finding ways to make their expertise available for those with questions and who want to process further. And until the virtual prayer meetings are up and running uh, next week, uh, please use the link provided in our update to share your prayer requests. And of course, 
please don't hesitate to reach out to me or any of the elders or community group leaders at any time. These are just some of the ways I hope we will demonstrate in the face of the unknown, in the face of uncertainty, in the face of chaos, that God is not far off, that God is near us, that God is for us, and that in him we live and move and have our being. Amen.